Uh, Carly, you want to tell our listeners about Michael Knopf? Do you, do you know about him? Are do you, you, are do you, you know what he does? Like what his occupation is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> yeah, what does he do? Um, he... All right, all right, I think you should help her out. He's a, m- a friend, yeah. mortgage broker. Y- yes. Are you in the market for a house? One day. So then you should know about Michael Knopf. Michael Knopf is the greatest mortgage broker out there with Draper Kramer Mortgage Corp. Give him a call at 847-239-7804. 847-239. What are those last four digits there? Call me Knopf. Hey, mom, what's up? I really, what I really want to know is how supportive Malka is of this podcast venture. Believe it or not, you're going to be really excited about this, but uh, we are... Probably uh... not, if you and I are calling me about something. Okay. <laughs> well, that went well. <laughs> I think she hung up. <laughs> you guys are so bored, seriously. <laughs> Are you going to listen to it? Well, I don't know. I, so I don't always listen to things that really relate to my life. <laughs> wow, that, that hurts. Oh, that, that's, that's great. Right in the gut. <clears throat> I mean, you guys have nothing better to do with your time. I figured it's about time you do something. Now, you're obviously very bored because you have no idea if it was going to actually be happening. You guys just have <laughs> We're calling it 990 yeah. Talk. A lot of people out there think that those who can't make profit work in nonprofit. And that may or may not be true. You know, we're just like two dudes in, in a world that most people are focused on chasing every dollar. We kind of just want to show people that there's a niche for guys like us. In the meantime, we're out to at least talk about what it means to work in nonprofit. You know, just like changing the world is more important. So. Do me and you can do you. But I'm going to do what I love. Do what I love. I'm going to do me. When you're done doing that, I'll start the podcast. It's just good music. Okay, welcome back to 990 Talk, everybody. Ari and Cerule in the studio with our intern, Carly, who, by the way, has the best bosses because we gave her vacation after two days on the job. Yeah, what was that like, getting vacation so early on to the job? Well-deserved on my part, but... Well-deserved, she says. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. do you elab- can you elaborate on that? <laughs> I mean, I worked really hard for you guys. I got you guys a lot of coffee, and I deserved a vacation. So I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. So millennial of you. Yeah, <laughs> working so hard. But in, the truth is, in Carly's defense, we now have Instagram posts. We doubled our following. Who else yeah. can say they doubled their following on Instagram in two days? Yeah, that's true. My master's degree is paying off. Yeah, so, so you should... Thank your parents for that. Yeah. Because you have to justify to them, not us. Some of the listeners think we've been too mean to you. I think it's important to remind everyone that this is a huge play for you as it a career is. move. I also have to say, I don't think you guys have been mean enough. I okay. grew up with twin brothers. What? That, yeah, that we're not. We, I, you know? I don't think we're capable of being meaner. I can't go down that path. Just saying. Yeah, we're not. We're not. We're not going to be any meaner. We're going to. I think we're at a good <laughs> level of mean. Okay, so okay. but so you you know you went on vacation and so you you know you, it was like a cleansing. Now you're ready to get back to mm-hmm. back to the grind. Oh yeah. Did you think about 990 podcast when you were 990 talk when you were on vacation? Well, yeah, because 
I don't stop talking to you guys in the group chat. Okay. But also, yeah, I'm always thinking about it. That's good. That's important. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good dedicated mm -hmm. intern right there. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, again, in Carly's honor, today we're going to elect the board of directors of the best things about vacation. Nominate. We're going to nominate them. Right. The election is when we choose who's the best okay. candidate. All right. You want to you go first today with the nominees? Um, no, I don't. Should Sorry. we like flip a coin? Um, Should we do like rock, paper, scissors like quickly in the studio? Who gets to go first? Fine. Ready? ready. Rock, rock, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. You can't do a th three. Oh, right. you're oh, out. That's it. Goodbye. No, no, that means she's. No. No, she's out. That means I'm last. I she's got first. scissors. Ari got scissors. Carly got paper. That means she's first. No, okay. that means I'm last. No, no you lost. You're you the go first. Okay, intern, oh, go I don't first. Like go. To go first. Too okay. Bad. Am I doing first two yes. or all four? Yes. Okay. First, first two. Number one, I have the anticipation of going on vacation. Like I truly always believe that when I go on vacation, something magical is going to happen. Like something that, like obviously nothing's going to happen. But I think that like. The best things are about to like go on on vacation. Can you, you elaborate you, on that? You like daydream about your vacation. Yeah, and then even when I'm on vacation, I'm like, okay, this second, like, I'm gonna get discovered or I'm gonna like win a million dollars. I always think, and then I go home really disappointed. Yeah, that's probably setting the bar pretty high. That sounds vacation. like you shouldn't go on vacation. Then it sounds like you come back feeling worse. The if point every is time like recharge. If every time you go on vacation, you think you're gonna win the lottery, you're probably gonna be disappointed. You should probably yeah. work on that a little bit. But All it right. makes it exciting. All right, what's your number like two? All right, number two is the good moods. I'm always in a great mood when I'm on vacation. What and about when you're not winning the lottery? I'm still in a good mood because I'm away from my real life. Is your real life so bad that you felt the need to escape no. it? <laughs> no, but it's a breath of fresh air. Don't you? Okay, am I wrong? Don't you guys feel like you're like in a movie when you're on vacation? I mean, not when you go to like Cleveland. No. Why? It could be a movie based in Cleveland. I mean, no, it's Cleveland. Like maybe Miami, you know, when you're like, when you leave that Chicago, like nasty winter. Are you saying like when you walk out of the airport with like sunglasses, like you feel like. Yeah. Or just like the entire time. I feel like my life is a movie and anything can happen like a movie. This is very eye opening. Yeah. You guys should start going on vacation and thinking like that. Are you, are you giving us vacation? <laughs> Yes. Wait, so just are you gonna hold down the fort when we're gone? Just to be clear, movie star Carly walks around vacation <laughs> hoping she's go not hoping, expecting to win the lottery. All right, I'm gonna jump in with my one and two now. Okay. Um, number one is, as everyone knows, I'm not such a, a morning person, and I get to be guilt-free late wake up on vacation, and that's huge. That is huge. For okay. Me. Um, I think that that can't be understated. Not every vacation is the type of vacation that you can necessarily sleep late for, but the idea of like just being on a little bit of a different schedule and it's a usually it can oftentimes be a bit more of a forgiving, forgiving situation. I mean, my the way I want my ideal vacation is to go like to the middle of nowhere and do absolutely nothing. That's my ideal vacation. Oh, you're kind of like now you're kind of like getting into mine. So don't just. <laughs> OK, fine. Hold that was there. my number one. OK, my number two about vacations is the eats. I, I mean, I love food. I love food. It's no secret. And on vacation, especially when you get to go to other cities, I mean, oftentimes you get to eat some great restaurants, you know? Yeah. Like, for example, the great debate on kosher sushi. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Dan Ella from Dan's Deals. 
Um, he has probably eaten at every kosher restaurant, like almost in the world. And he gets asked this question a lot, like, what's the best kosher sushi? So for a long time, he used to say Yakimono in, in Toronto or shallots in Chicago. Wow. So I don't know how many people can say they've eaten at both because he didn't. And I happen to believe it's really not much of a toss up at all. Shallots takes the cake. I don't eat sushi, but people do say shallots is like the best sushi in the world. You don't like sushi? No. Okay, but that, that I, don't like the, I, don't like the, I don't like the texture. I don't like the smell. I don't like right, anything enough. about that it. That tells enough. me so much about you. Yeah, that's <laughs> enough. Anyway, it could be that Dan Elf feels differently. For all I know, there's been a bunch of new sushi shops to open up, kosher yeah. sushi places. But at least a few years ago, that's that was what it was. And I just love eating and the food and the different types of foods you get to encounter and taste on a vacation. Surely, what's your one, too? Okay, so my first nominee to the board of directors of the best thing about vacation is doing nothing. A lot of times people people go on vacation and they feel like they have to plan all this stuff. Like we're on vacation, we have to like do something every day. Uh-uh. I will sit on a couch. I won't even necessarily go outside because it might be too hot. I will like just sit indoors and veg. I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, my wife's not, so we basically argue about it basically every single day that we're anywhere. Not on like regular routine, but like I'm totally cool with just doing nothing. I love doing nothing. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I just like want to sit. I would like when I was like in in college and like it was like between semesters, I would just sleep for the sake of like I'm going to sleep now because when I'm in class, I'm going to wish I could be sleeping. Hmm. That is way to plan ahead. (laughs) Way to plan ahead. That's good. I like that. It's it's less about the fact that I was like storing sleep. It was more about the fact that like storing sleep. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's you were like getting ready. You were like hibernate. You were. <laughs> no, the point is that like in like two months from now, I'm going to be wish I'm going to be sitting in class wishing like I wish I could be sleeping right now. So when I can sleep, I have to just take advantage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. That's like when you like you and I are planning for like we, we had a committee meeting on a Sunday night and it was Thursday night. You're like, should I order food? And I'm like, yeah, I'm hungry. Like I was hungry there and then Thursday night. So I'm telling you to order food for Sunday night. It's kind of like that. Okay. What's your number two? <laughs> so segueing, segueing into my number two, my second nominee is hotel curtains. Because you can blackout, man. It could be night is day and day is night. I mean, it's true and sometimes not true. You're yeah. saying if you have a bad hotel curtains? No. I mean, a lot of hotel curtains don't really close the seal. But if they do. I know, because there's at night. There's always that one line. I know, there's always that one no, line. It depends. No, because you, you it's hard to see it at night. So you're going to sleep, you try, you think you closed the second layer of curtain, and then you wake up in the morning and you're like, why is there so much light in the room? Okay, but if you... But have, if you successfully closed the curtain... If you've achieved cur- hotel yes. curtain equilibrium... Yes, yes, yes. And it's completely blacked out... Yes. You can you can sleep till one o'clock in the afternoon. Hotel curtains, I, I like that. that. Carly, what's your one, two... What's your... Sorry, three, four? Okay. Three, four. Here's number three. Documenting the trip. Like I said, my master's is in like social media. So for me, it's all about taking the pictures and making sure I have them forever. Like a scrapbook? No, no, no. Just like on my phone. And then you just don't delete them until you have no memory left? Even then, I don't delete them. Like what do you, so what do you do with the pictures? I look back at them. Like at How night, often? I, uh, every night. I look back until the first, my first picture. Or until like three Every ago. single night, you go through all your pictures? Yeah, yeah. If, okay, 
and my friends can attest to this, that I will I will send them random pictures from like three years ago and be like, oh my gosh, remember this? And are they're you like, really why? Good, are you really good at finding pictures? Because that yes, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, really yeah. important skill, by the mm-hmm. way. All those people out there, you're like, you have like a memory, and you're like, oh, I think I have a picture of them, and like, yeah. It takes me like literally. It can take me like days to find the picture. No, and easy. I just give up. No, I, so oh, I, I shouldn't probably say this on the air. So I have one credit card that I use for travel donations, but I don't carry it in my wallet because there's not enough room in my back of phone clip. So I keep a picture of it on my phone, and I know exactly where it is in my camera roll. And you scroll back to it. Yeah. So I know exactly where that picture is. Wow. Yeah, I have a similar thing. I texted someone texted my credit card, texted a picture of my credit card to me. And you just Sorry, go back to that text. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's your number okay. four? Number four, I feel like I stole this from you, Ari, is travel playlist, vacation playlist. Did I? That was on the road trip one. Yes. Uh, well, I think it, you need it for every single vacation is a playlist. Okay. And I have a top three songs I wrote down, <laughs> if you want me to say them. For just any vacation? Any vacation. Do we want to hear that? I think so. Okay. Okay. Here we go. The song, Vacation, <laughs> by the Go-Go's. <laughs> Okay. okay okay that's okay number two soak up the sun by cheryl crow okay because even if you're going to a cold place it will be sunny one of those days and then number three schools out because if you're a kid or even if you're not a kid it's just a celebratory just, song yeah exactly so basically on your there vacations i just mm-hmm. want to make sure i get this clear you basically have a soundtrack because your vacation is a movie <laughs> And you yes. walk around waiting for someone to tap you on the shoulder and say, I think, you, you, oh, congratulations, you won the lottery. Oh, did you drop this million dollars? <laughs> exactly. Like all wow. of those times that people like make fun of that they're in a music video looking out the window and it's raining and there's a song playing. That's my entire vacation. Yeah, I don't but know. I don't good. know from that, but oh. I will take your word for it. <laughs> right. This is weird. Okay. My number, my number three it's my three and four. Well, okay. My number three is is coming, is believe it or not, is like when you hit that point in vacation, we were like, okay, I can go back to work now. That's a good part or a bad part? That's a, um, I like that. Uh, I appreciate it. You're saying you've got your fix. We'll call it yeah, like your at fix. some point you're like, you know what? I can go back to the office. I'm like rejuvenated and I feel like I could use the structure of my work and, and, and throw myself back into work. Like there's, there, there comes a point oftentimes in vacation, maybe it's cause I like my job, but there comes a point in time in vacation where I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I can go back. I can tackle, tackle my job. How many days of vacation done. do you think you need to hit that? I, it depends what time of the year. Sometimes I think it could just be like an extended weekend and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to get back in the office and, and knock stuff out. You know, the post-summer, post-camp situation takes a little bit longer for that. It's more like a week plus. But but it usually, again, if I vacation well, like I like to be focused on my vacations, if I can vacation well with that in mind, I'll usually hit that point where I'm like, all right, I can go back. And what does that mean to vacation well? So even though I like to go kind of the middle of nowhere and do nothing, I still have like um, personal goals mm. on my vacation. This is not funny, fun stuff to talk about. <laughs> So let's right. not we'll talk about on. it. Okay. Okay. Number four is a very interesting one, especially for those business people out there. And it's about the away message, mm. the auto reply vacation away message. Now getting it is annoying as, as anything. If you email someone and they're on vacation, especially when it's not like a, a national holiday or like something where like, you know, they're just randomly on a vacation. That's annoying. And especially when it's like, Oh, they're not going to be back for another week. And you have something that needs to be dealt with. Um, so that's annoying. But 
when you get that auto apply vacation email and then like 15 minutes later you get an email from them that they're going to do it or they're going to address it or they're answering your question that is a huge huge plus for the relationship so what i love about being on vacation is you know i have you if you email me on vacation you'll likely get the auto reply i'm on vacation and i check my emails infrequently or whatever the language is that i use but then it's really an opportunity because if it's for the right person you swoop in, you reply quick, even though you're on vacation, and you get mad points. Also, mad points. Are you feel like right, like my 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 access to email will be limited? That is garbage. <laughs> Everyone has their phone. Everyone's checking their emails. Even when I put right. my my auto reply, I'm still checking all my emails right. instantly. Right. I've just exempted myself from applying for a week. Correct. But I'm telling you is that like if the right person emails you in that time, you have the opportunity to like really score points. That's all I'm saying. I really should have made you an auto reply that, for you guys. And you create that opportunity. You were with, texting us the whole time with an auto reply. That's true. Yeah, come on. <laughs> all right, what's your three fourths, really? Okay, number three for me is vacation clothes. I don't know why people feel the need to buy a new wardrobe for vacation, but for some reason we do that, and it's awesome. And you wait, you buy new clothes for each vacation? Not like like a whole new stuff but like i'll buy a couple shirts but it's part of the you're saying it's part, it's part, of, the part of the routine yeah it's part of like when carly was saying how hey, you get like excited people mm -hmm. like go shopping for vacation i've never been less like i can't i just have trouble relating to that one well you have trouble in general purchasing clothing outside of your normal routine <laughs> remember that time we were going to the j campbell 80 conference and you're like i need a shirt yeah and you didn't like, have any shirts yeah. yeah and then you wore that like khaki shirt I, I definitely did not wear a khaki. It shirt. was like tan. It was like a weird color. That's 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 not true. I, I don't own a. It was like I, tan or like off white. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> you do you? I know you remember I, what I'm talking about because you're I, smiling. I know. I really don't. I, I think I. It was like a blue, like a light it was not blue. baby blue. It was a weird color. It might have been like a pinkish blue. <laughs> no, it was like not even blue or pink at all. It was a polo or was it a button, button down, down. button down tan shirt. Yes, you're kidding me. I'm dead serious. Find one picture with me in it. One talk about pulling up a picture. This is ridiculous. That now I have to like, no, I I don't know. The only shirt, the closest shirt that I own to that color is like from last year's Purim costume, where I dressed up like an Amish guy. Shout out to a fantastic costume, by the way. Um, and I had like an off white tan. I, who wears tan button-down shirts? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I remember Move this. Move on. I remember this clearly. Move on. What's your number four? My number four, going back to hotels, is not having to make your bed. Yes. Big plus. Oh. Okay. All right. When you're on vacation, you don't have to make your bed. Fascinating. Why? You don't like that? No. It's just like not something that I'm like, oh, yes, I don't have to make my bed. It takes two seconds. Yeah, but... Okay. No, even if you make your bed, though, it's not the same. Yeah, the feeling going like a into fresh a, bed every night. a fresh bed in right, that's true. a hotel, that's a great feeling. Yeah, but I hate having to untuck the blanket. You untuck, oh. Of course I do. Otherwise, wow. I feel like I'm in a straight jacket. You don't slide in. <laughs> when I get... I slide, I slide in. in also. No, it could be because I'm taller, but like, <laughs> if you sleep on your back and your feet are up, and your feet are up in a hotel blanket, there's no room for your feet. Your toes because like the, curl back. No, yeah, it doesn't fit. Of course, it's the first thing I do when I get in a hotel room is I pull the blanket out from the from the bottom of the mattress. Then the mattress shows. It's, I feel claustrophobic. No, you have to pull it out right. Tutorial. This that. is ridiculous, but <laughs> I'm I'm sure this is like a thing. This, you know what? This could be our next <laughs> our next, our next question. 
is when you stay in a hotel, do you untuck? Do you do you like the tightly tucked linen or not? Is there a balance? So I happen strike? to think I try to strike a balance. To be honest, but like well, I don't just like walk in and then rip it open. No, it's not like the first thing I do, but I definitely do not go to sleep with those with that blanket tucked in like that. It's it's literally I feel like I'm oh, in a straight jacket. I do. It feels like you're like in yeah, a burrito. But I, it, it could be. <laughs> it could be that this that the cutoff for this is going to be height related. I'm just saying. Yeah. Why, why should that, that matter? Make a lot of sense, because actually. if you're very tall and your feet go all the way to the mattress or off the edge of the oh, mattress, it's, it's a lot, very a lot tall. Less comfortable. He's five foot eleven. I'm not very five tall. Foot 11, I'm six one. I'm six one. It's ridiculous. Speaking of six one, our guest today, six foot eight, probably does not like being a burrito in a hotel bed. And our guest today is Pittsburgh Steelers offensive tackle, Zach Banner. Um, obviously, Zach uh, has been in the news a lot this week. Um, for those of you who don't know, so um, there were some there was some controversy regarding the remarks of an NFL player um, as it relates to the Jews. And um, Zach really stepped it up and uh, advocated on, uh, on on our behalf. So um, we're really excited to have him on today. And um, Zach... Uh, actually has a foundation called the B3 Foundation, and uh, it does a lot of good work. Which he started as soon as he was drafted, actually. He talks about that a little bit. And we're going we're gonna to talk to him about it. And here we go. We now welcome to the show USC alum and current offensive tackle, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Zach Banner. What's going on? <laughs> How many times are you guys going to tweet 990 podcast? Enough, to, <laughs> enough times to get you on. <laughs> okay, Zach, with, with everything that's been going on, I imagine your social media has been blowing up, but you, you did take note of the fact that several people had tagged 990 talk? Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. I did. I did. And you can tell all your cousins to t- turn their phone off now so they can leave <laughs> me alone for the weekend. <laughs> all right. No problem. So I, I, we really do want to talk about B3 Foundation because as we are a podcast for non-for-profits and, and philanthropy, obviously a professional athlete who has dedicated a lot of their time to these types of endeavors is something that really interests us. But before we get there with so many Jewish listeners, I do just want to take one moment to ask a couple questions about what's been going on. Uh, first of all, on a personal note, I have to thank you as being for what you've done as an advocate for the Jewish community is absolutely huge um, in a time where it's not necessarily the easiest to be to be proud to be uh, Jewish and necessarily maybe a fan of the NFL to have a voice like yours has been an incredible thing. I am curious, though, you know, you you spoke you speak a lot about in regard to the foundation about taking advantage of that platform and the responsibility that you have as a professional athlete. And I think you've done exactly that to an incredible degree this week. Um, what really motivated you to, to make that video, to publish that video? And, and what did you think was going to happen? No, I, I just, from a real, to be honest, I, I just thought that I was just defending my friends. Um, my friends that I met at USC and it's just, man, it just, I never expected this to blow up like this. I, I really didn't. I, it also just seemed like no one else said anything at the time um, in terms of 
like from our team, like you got to remember, like the, the topic of like the Jewish community is so fragile still. Two years later, out here in Pittsburgh, um, if anybody doesn't understand what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Tree of Life synagogue shooting. Of course, yeah. And it's just uh, it's, it's still a fragile subject, you know. That's stronger than hate logo that the Pittsburgh Steelers put together the day after at the game and put it on the screen, it just changed so many people's lives. And, and they know, like, as an organization, we stand with the Jewish community out here. But I just wanted to, like, let you guys know, like, worldwide, like, I got your back. You know, I, I just thought it was going to be kind of a thing. I'm kind of still a little disappointed, but um, in, in terms of, the rest of the people or not, not the rest of the people, the rest of my colleagues who haven't spoke up, um, who haven't said anything, but teach their zone, man, that's, that's, that's on them, you know, but I, I will say this. I have a lot of NFL guys and some teammates and a lot of them are teammates and a lot of guys are around the league. A lot of players like reaching out saying, Hey man, get good stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, this is dope. Um, but I just hate how we can't have that conversation publicly because you guys are somewhat waiting on a response, but I don't know. I mean, this, this, um, this act that you've done as a, you know, as an advocate and a defender of the Jewish community is really just one such act. I mean, it, it sounds like you've really put a lot into the foundation. I, I'm, I'm curious this idea that you have, that you have this platform and this responsibility as a professional athlete to do good for the community and society, you know, as a whole, is that something that you see a lot of, you know, amongst professional athletes? Is Absolutely. That, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Heck yeah. Um, Marquise Pouncey and his brother, Mike, on my team, they, they throw, they, they give so much money back to the uh, Polk County where they're from and also uh, Lakeland. I think that's the name of the city. That's the name of the high school he went to. But his area, they give back to their community. They throw an annual camp. Um, Larry Ogunjobi, one of my friends, defensive lineman for the Cleveland Browns, um, he throws an annual camp at uh, back in Charlotte and also comes with me to mine annual camp out in uh, Guam, the island of Guam. But the issue at hand, man, is like, it's not so much about what we do because guys have been doing community service and having their own foundations for a while. It's about like, it's about trying to change the tone of how we speak up against each other when we mess up. And Deshaun Jackson has messed up and he said something that was wrong. Like we have to be comfortable enough to do that. Like say that. Like and, what I did. I mean, then just like I'm talking to you right now, like I'm walking on eggshells, but it's not because like I'm scared of losing my job. It's almost as if like I'm scared of offending you guys. Cause I don't want to ever speak on any term, like anything like, you know, my, my, um, my manager has, has educated me since speaking out on Wednesday. Um, she's not Jewish at all, but very, very small, smart persons. Why I hired her. Right. Um, she's just informing me like, about a lot of stuff that you guys have amongst each other. And I, I, I do want to say this on the record, like 
I don't ever want to make people feel like I'm choosing sides within the Jewish community because I just learned about, you know, a lot of conflicts that you guys are having worldwide and, and those type of things. And I want to make sure like this message is my message, you know, steers from that because I, I want to, don't get me wrong. Like I want to be there for you guys and, 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 and I want to have your back, but I also don't want to like, get into politics if that makes sense this isn't about left or right this isn't about that this is about what's right and what's wrong well the fight yeah sorry about that you keep going go ahead no i I was just gonna say i mean it's true we have some some of our communal politics but the fight against anti-semitism i think is going to always be that thing that brings together the jewish community from from all different sides and different parts of the world so I think whenever speaking to that and that, you know, joining, a, you know, with us in that fight against anti-Semitism is that's a universal message. And, you know, I think especially now it, it's a fight against hate. And, and I think that's something that everyone appreciates. Like, isn't that crazy that we have to even think about that? Like, isn't it crazy? Like, we have to think about the shooter that walked into the Tree of Life synagogue and shot the place up. Took those 11 innocent people's lives. Isn't it crazy? Like, we have to talk about George Floyd. It's crazy. Isn't it just sad? And it's just that that's I mean, you just said a key point, man. And I want to backpack that. Like you brought up the point, like when anti-Semitic comics are comments are made, you, the Jewish community unites. Well, like let this be like a good thing, then you know what I mean. Like let's look at it in terms of how there was one there was one person on my platform that made it a drastic mistake. I don't want to just say mistake. Like, Oh, he made a mistake. Let's just let it go. No, it was a drastic mistake. And he, he apologized for it. And now he has to like dive into his community service and dive into your community and educate himself to the standards of the Philadelphia Eagle. That's on them. The dude's not even on my team, man. You know what I mean? And I, I don't really want to speak about him because I, I've never even met him, but we have to get to a point and I want the Jewish community to get to a point, and I hope this inspires you guys even more. But, like, one person said something absolutely awful and quoted somebody who should never, yes, we should educate ourselves of the genocide and the Holocaust. We should. We should educate ourselves on Adolf Hitler and his actions. So that way we know what you, what you Jewish people go through. And, and the Jewish community goes through and, and went through and still feels, you know, I've had people reach out and say, my, my grand, my grandparents um, died in the Holocaust. I thank you so much. It means so much. I, I mean, I have like people pouring out their tears talking about this meant so much to them. So if it meant so much to them, let's, let's, let's go into this week and move forward into a positive, like, one NFL player said something wrong and one NFL player made our day. If you can just say that as a people and you use this moment as a time to like unite, like, man, like we have other people we have to deal with. I hope that will keep a positive mindset go moving forward amongst the stuff that you guys have to deal with, with each other. And, and I really mean that message because it's, like I'm here, like I'm not leaving. I know I changed my profile pic on both, but like I'm not leaving at all. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just this is how I am, man. Like I, I, I if if some somebody's saying something wrong, I'm going to say something. For example, I was working out earlier today um, at the dog park. This is 
uh, not at the dog park, but the park that I was having my second workout at, there was this dude with a German Shepherd just chucking the ball all the way across. And it's one of those, there's literally a dog park right over there, but he just chose to, I don't know if he's social distancing or anything, um, but he's just chucking the ball across the field. And there's like a whole kid's baseball practice happening over there, like little youth league. And I'm working out and I just look at the dude. I'm like, bro, can you just like, cons- like consider the fact that these kids like might be terrified of your big German shepherd. He's like, Oh, but he loves them. I was like, I know, but like, first of all, you're supposed to have a leash. So what I'm trying to say is, is like, this is me. I stick up for what's right. Like, let's look at it as a positive mindset and not even waste our time looking at anti-Semitic comments made by, by, by Deshaun Jackson. And let's move forward because there's other people who think these type of things are okay. And we need to change that. I love that perspective. That yeah, no, I do. And I love that perspective. And I, I, I very much appreciate that. So just uh, changing gears. So um, so just so, so for our listeners, so uh, Zach uh, started back in 2017, the B3 Foundation. So if you could just tell us a little bit about what the inspiration was and, and, and how that got started. It's just, to be honest with you, man, there's three places that really hit my heart. That's Tacoma, Washington, the island of Guam, where my mom was from. Tacoma, Washington is where I grew up. Um, forgot to state that on there, um, and then obviously I went to USC. So I, I I dove into with my teammates the 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 South Central community and the inner city of Los Angeles. Um, being a Trojan out there means a lot to those little black and brown kids, and to all the youth of South Central. But my my shout out to my manager Sarah Sarah Bergstrom, um, who also handles my PR and is the vice president of B3. Like we just have this vision and the rest of my board just have this vision of, of the, the three B's itself is, is bringing together, building together and better together. And when you talk about that, that's exactly the message I've been talking about with the whole Jewish community, but that's just my mindset. So what we do is stuff like annual backpack drive scholarship funds um, for, you know, for uh, we just handed out to Demarion. You guys can look at the my, my site, my profile. We just Demarion has come from a single mother in Los Angeles and he's going to a, a private institution and we're going to pay for his tuition and books for the next four years. Stuff like that, but also a mentoring program that I have uh, just kind of like a pilot. Um, we had this last year that was really successful during the school year before COVID hit. Um, and we're just, we're just trying to build people. And then in my annual camp that I have every year in Guam, it was the first, it was the first football camp ever um, being the first Chamorro descent, just being the first person from Guam to ever be drafted to the NFL and also throwing the first football camp out there um, and do continue to do annual work out there. It really means a lot and trying to balance those three locations with also with football is not hard at all because it's just from the bottom of my heart. I love doing stuff like this. So I'm actually going to jump in on that particular point you just said, 
So we speak to a lot of philanthropists, and I think now we've gotten used to this, but at first we were kind of surprised. You know, I think that we think of philanthropists, a lot of big business owners, they'll set up a foundation, you know, they'll kind of set the rules and the guidelines for how money is distributed or how the program runs. And I think a lot of people out there just kind of envision that these people, these funders and the back, you know, the backers behind these foundations are not really involved. And we're really finding more and more the philanthropists really care about those foundations. And a lot of them are involved in, in much more frequently than I think otherwise, you know, we would have otherwise thought. Is it the same thing for a professional athlete and their foundation? You know, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it is. Absolutely. The, re- the, re- the reason why is because I'm not the only one to identify like every, even, I don't want to use the word cliche because that sounds bad, but it is like every NFL athlete in some way, shape or form that I've seen that actually has its foundation. I'm not going to say every athlete has a foundation, but they, they want to try to find a way to give back the hardest thing though that you have to realize why a lot of guys who are able to have success are able to post and and have foundations and and are able to do that kind of work but the grind to keep keep a job in this league is so hard that some guys sometimes like forget about the opportunity that they have um and so so i'm not i'm not trying to say like it's what i'm trying to say is is that the people with foundations like myself there's a lot less that are actually getting able to do work because they're so focused on trying to keep their job that when stuff like this happens like last weekend like we need to change the tone of the nfl to something similar to that where we're making sure we don't forget our audience. And I, I remember some people like, uh, I don't know, dude, and everybody has a voice on Twitter, but somebody had tweeted at me about why would you identify? Cause, cause I emphasized when I was talking about the Jewish community and I called out the NFL and the NFLPA and the players association. Um, I, I said that the, you know, Jewish friends and fans, and I want to emphasize fans because we have to realize like that those, you know, and a lot of people want to like say, Oh, we're the ones that give you a job in the first place. Don't even think about that negative, negative attitude because we're not going to want to listen to you and your stories. But at the same time, I don't know. And sometimes I think maybe my heart might be too big or something, but like, how can you not care about what one of us speaks out and says something and just like, just let it go. You know, and so that's what we have to change the tone moving forward and understand that giving back and and like you said, uh, being active and and speaking out and uplifting the fans, <clears throat> which is also the world, you know, because and and for America, the NFL itself is the most powerful sports brand in America. So we need to understand that we hold ourselves a standard and create that positive movement moving forward well that's actually it's incredible so zach i, I know you've been on the radio all day and i, I don't want to um drag out the rest of your day so I, I have one last question we try to sometimes we try to be funny here and we like discuss like the inconveniences of life so this is kind of random but i it's kind of like a would you rather what what's what's more annoying um going in the shower and forgetting a towel or <laughs> having to block aaron donald for 30 minutes <laughs> I would have to say 
<laughs> Come on, man. You trying to you look at you trying to find something. I definitely Aaron listen, Donald. But that's I'm a fair annoyed. question. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm more annoyed of, and, and actually, how tall are you? If you, if I ask you, how tall are you? I'm more than a foot shorter than you. <laughs> Got you. So so I think it's more annoying how. 90% of the shower heads hit my chest and I have to Oh, pack. very good call. <laughs> yeah, we can't re- Yeah, we can't relate to that, but but I, yeah. I totally understand that. <laughs> All right, Zach, thank you very, very much for coming on. Um, this is really it's been incredible to see to see you 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 take action and really, you know, mean what you say. Um, and for all those out there, the B3 Foundation, very easy to find online. Be sure to, uh, if you can, send a donation. They do a lot of amazing stuff. Zach, you're an amazing guy, a true role model uh, to everyone. And thank you so much for all that you've done. Thank you guys so much. And and uh, thanks for having me. I know I sound tired and everything, but it's been a long weekend. So thanks for having me. I'm sure. And if Zach, you fi- it's if Monday. You ever, if you ever find yourself in Chicago and you're looking for some kosher food, be sure to uh, to hit us up. We, we'd love to take you out and treat you to, to dinner. I'm so down. I'm gonna hold you to that. I eat a lot, so get your pockets ready. <laughs> yeah, but you guys aren't you guys aren't coming here this year. Huh? You guys aren't coming here this year. We live in Chicago, no. so. Oh, okay. The right. Bears. No. <laughs> there you but, go. But listen, Zach. I'll be honest. I'm from San Diego, and uh, ever since uh, Dean Spanos moved the team, I've basically, I've been a free agent. I've, I've been a free agent okay. fan. So. Well, at least wear a '72 jersey this year. That's all you need. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. You know, I, I wonder, if I had that kind of platform, would I make the change in the world that he is striving to do? Yeah, I was thinking about that also. I mean, like, I feel like so many ways, you know, even you hear in his voice, and he said it. He said, there's been an education since the video was posted about what he can and cannot say. I mean, he feels like he's walking on eggshells. I imagine a lot of people in his position and similar positions you know, there's probably our causes and things that just come up all the time. And it's so much easier to just stay out of it. It's so much easier to stay out of it. I really, that I think to me, that's like the biggest takeaway from what he's done is he chose to throw himself into something that almost had nothing to do with him, but because he believed in it. And I think that's, that to me is like inspiring and admirable. And I think that's, that to me, I think is the most incredible thing of this whole thing. I think to your point, not only is it easier to stay out of it, when when athletes get into professional sports, like in rookie orientation, they talk to them about using your platform properly, and like a lot and like and like the bit, a lot of times, just like just delete your post, just delete your post. Like it's not, it, it's sometimes just not worth the risk. But to like, to to to, to take the stress and to and to walk on eggshells, like you said, because you want to make a difference, it's uh it's extremely honorable. And 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 he was also like, there's this, like a sense of frustration in his voice that he's not that people are saying like, oh, I'm happy with what you're doing, but no one's really joining the fight on the same level. And um, and uh, it's 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 really impressive, and um, it's I can't believe he came on the show. I mean, I'll tell you, one of the questions I I was thinking about asking him was going to be like, sort of, what is what is your wish for the NFL? Like, what is your wish for professional sports and 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 the platform that you live in, um, and the conversations that happen there? Like, what is your wish? You know, how how could these things change and progress? I didn't ask the question, but he kind of answered it when he said that it's about the tone. In other words, it's not about he didn't mention fines and he didn't mention, you know, people get, losing their job and this and that. He is for him. It was about like, let's let's use this to move forward um, and let's change the tone so that people feel like they can talk about these things in public. They can address them. He can get the support 
that he's getting not just on the side through text messages, but in the public form. Um, and I think the same thing. Let the people like Deshaun Jackson, who he feels made a grave error, uh, let them be able to address that in public. Let's change the tone. I think that's a very interesting way of looking at it. And the other thing he was talking about was he was almost like he was lamenting that in today's day and age, we still have to have these conversations. So I think when you say, what does he wish the NFL would look like? It would look like, you know, just the world in general will look like a place where we don't have to have these conversations anymore. We don't yeah. have to talk about George Floyd. We don't have to talk about Tree of Life shooting. And for me from California, from San Diego, I was in Poway the week of the Poway shooting. You know, it hits, it hits deep. So like, you know, I, it, was, it, was, it was really nice that he came on to talk to us about that. And um, it's also, I, you know, I, I think it, 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 it shows a special type of person who, if you go on this foundation website, it talks about how the day he got drafted was the day he opened his foundation or maybe dreamt it up or whatever you, you call it. To be thinking with that kind of foresight that, you know, today's the best day of my life and I'm going to start thinking about other people, that's a really, really special thing. Yeah, and I think that, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it's very cool. What he's done is really incredible. I loved hearing him say that, don't think professional athletes are any different. Even with the demand on their schedule and their workload, they're still really throwing themselves into their foundation and their non-for-profit, you know, mission-based causes. Uh, and I think that's awesome to hear. That's a very cool thing for me to hear. And also, he kept shouting out Sarah, so we should also shout out Sarah for yes, standing Sarah, it up. Yeah, big time. Sarah, you're the bomb. And, and same and same offer goes to you, Sarah, if you find yourself in Chicago looking for some kosher eats. We're happy to uh, to set that up for you. Yeah. Unless you guys golf, because then we we'll can play golf with you. Yeah. 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 We should have asked him that. At 6'8, you think he you think he sw- swings a mean golf club? You think we can get it back on the podcast? Zach? Yeah. Uh, probably not. I think probably yes. Yeah. And you're saying if we bombard his Twitter again? Yeah. It's good to know that it works. Yeah. Thanks to all those that helped help, help make that happen. With a lot of the world opening up, although it's unclear how long the world will remain open and the future seems scary and unknown. Fingers crossed. Working remotely has become a reality for a lot of people. And you know what? It's really not that bad. I mean, a lot of people are finding it to be not that bad. Uh, Do you think for yourself it's not that bad? Whatever. It is what it is. I don't know. It wasn't a statement about myself. It was more just about society in general. So we did get a very interesting question for Ask the Amateur segment um, related to this working remotely or working from home and all the different video calls. Why don't you read that for us? Okay, so it's really like a three-part question about Zoom etiquette. Okay, make it one part. Okay, so in terms of Zoom etiquette, in the current climate with everyone working from home, is it an issue or even unprofessional if your kid makes an appearance on your Zoom call? Additionally... What is an appropriate background on a Zoom call? Is it weird if you're clearly in your bedroom? Wow. Okay. I'll take a stab at it first. Okay. I think there's really three parts to the question. I'm going to add a third part. I, I, let me just I've say that I want to make it part. three parts, and you said make it one, and then you reintroduce three parts. That's a good point. Part number one is children. Part number two is the setting. Mm-hmm. And three I'd like to talk about virtual backgrounds. Can we start with backgrounds? Yeah. Backgrounds are lame. Okay. There's there's different... I just want to say there are different types of video calls taking place, these video conferences, okay? Mm-hmm. So internal team video conferences, like you and your staff, um, I don't think is the same standard as like when you're reviewing a business deal with like like across the table. You know what I'm saying? Like... And you're, you know, or there's some sort of potential client or a potential, you know, we had. Or if it's like a family birthday party. Yeah. Or a family birthday party. You know, like I I remember we had a couple uh, meetings with 
with groups and organizations wanting to partner, you know, those are obviously very different than like me, you, and uh, Rifki Cherik on a uh, on an on an internal staff meeting. Can I just say I am against the backgrounds so much so that like I haven't even bothered to Google how to put one on your Zoom call. I think they're just not fun enough to justify kind of being weird about it. <laughs> well, we were every week a certain cohort of camps was getting on a virtual um, conference to like discuss what was going to be with camps, what was going to be, what was going to be, what was going to happen, what was going to happen. And there was one guy who's a great guy. His name is Gary. And Gary had basically used the exact same virtual background for every one of these meetings. And it was the picture of the front of the CDC building in Washington, D.C. Okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> that's kind of funny. i trying to think of the other. I, I, I definitely have encountered a lot of uh, virtual backgrounds over the last couple months. Um, but that was a creative one. Someone at the, like towards the beginning of this, someone had the virtual background, which was the stock. Okay, Eddie, you're rambling. Just I'm sorry. Point. Anyways, I think that, um, yes, the setting matters. We're talking about backgrounds. We're talking about backgrounds. The setting matters, including, <laughs> we're, we're, we're well, no, because, no, because it, if you have a background, it doesn't affect the setting. Oh, so, okay, fine. Yeah, so let me just clarify that. So the setting matters. So if you don't have a professional space, and you're having a professional, especially a meeting with external, you know, people outside of your own organization. I would say, yeah, you need a professional professional space. If for some reason, the only place you can go is like hiding in your laundry room, and behind you are two laundry machines. So yeah, use a virtual background. That's okay. But what you choose for your virtual background, I don't like any of like the like the very like nature type. Like we know you're not in a forest. Yeah, I like, agree. Who are you fooling? That's what I'm saying. That's why the CDC you know, thing is funny. Like, if you're going to be funny, funny, great. Right. If you're going to, like... I don't want to see Niagara Falls behind you. You know, you're not at Niagara Falls. No. We get it, you know? Yeah. But, like, one person, actually, I'm like, wow, that's a pretty cool background. Like, what is that? And it, like, looked like... It actually looked like a hotel lobby. Like, a very... It was, like, a cool professional look. And he's like, actually, it's a, it's a picture from a furniture store. <laughs> it was a pretty good move. Okay. Yeah. So that's probably what like the backgrounds were intended for initially, like good so professional backgrounds. I think that, again, you just want to have for the professional meetings a little bit more of a professional look. I think the joke backgrounds are no-go, and your laundry room is fine. Just throw a background up. So what about like wearing pants? Okay, so clothing and the pants shorts thing is real. You have to know yourself, okay? It is totally okay for you to be sitting in shorts for a meeting, so long as you know with a hundred percent confidence that you will not mistakenly stand up, like you could tape, like tape yourself to the chair. I I don't know what but th these mistakes have been made. In fact, I heard about one yesterday. Same thing. Guy just like oh one second and he jumped up and everyone saw he was wearing shorts. So you have to, yeah. I you know, like air on the by side. The way, of shout caution out to, is shout the out point. to the first guy who wore shorts on a Zoom call and got up on purpose wearing shorts. And then that became like a meme. Yeah. Shout and out to that guy. He's the first people. guy who thought of it. Now you're just not original. Right. So, yeah. So I just think you have to know yourself. Err on the side of caution. I'm, I'm not a forgetful person, but anything can go wrong. So I have not done any of the more serious meetings in anything but normal clothing. And finally, and your important. kids. I think that if your kids are cute, then it's cool. I think your kids are cute. If your kids are cute and they can come, like, make an appearance and then bounce out. Yeah, very quick. Yeah. If they're going to linger, yeah, lo no. lock the door. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? If they're mm -hmm. gonna pop in and be like, "Oh, guys, I'm so sorry. One second, I just gotta, you know, take care of something," and you're just back on, that's fine. If they're in and like, then you gotta fight with them, and then like you're muting it, and like you're clearly shouting at your child, or you're doing that thing like with your teeth are clenched shut, you're like, "Get out of the room!" Like Look, all I, I of think, that listen, stuff. If you're if you're if you are not talking, and you are muting, not muting, muting, not muting, or constantly shutting off your camera. People know that it's a up. question mark. Yeah, it's like it's a huge red flag. It's like what's going on over yeah. there? I don't know. Well, in general, I think that the there's definitely an overuse of the mute. I mean, the classy thing to do is I'm listening, I'm focused at the person who I'm communicating with through these, you know, video conferencing software or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and I don't need to mute my microphone because I'm dedicated and and focused to this. Even if my iPad is next to my computer playing, you know, whatever. I thought we discussed this. Golf, we did. That's that came up. Anyway, that's my my take on this whole virtual etiquette, as it as it may. Are there any other points of the virtual etiquette conversation that need to be addressed? Because I think that might be it. Um, I mean, the what about uh, the waiting room? I was gonna say waiting room, not waiting room. Also, the Zoom chat situation. Oh, okay, the Zoom chat situation. I the whole thing. I hope somebody from Zoom is listening. You should not have to, the, the default of when you get a message privately, the default should not be that you're responding to the whole chat. It's not, by the yes, way. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I have made this mistake so many times. No, so I have made a joke to people and I will go into the group chat and I'll be like, like, let's say Dave is one of the guys on like a 12 person conference mm -hmm. and in the group chat, in the middle of someone saying something, I'd be like, hey, Dave, what's up to everyone. So then he sees it and he thinks it's a private message. And then he responds like it's a private message, but really everyone sees it. No. Yeah, I did it three times and it worked. A f I'm a, a against half the chat. Time. If you just text me, just text me. If you're on a Zoom call with me and no, we're friends, well, okay. Not every you're not not every call can you be texting on your phone. But I hear you. Yeah, just text me. No, um, the chat thing's weird. It's just strange. Yeah, not a great function. Anyway, moving on. Um, so. I guess like the fact that I forgot that we discussed the mute button and watching on your iPad behind your, your, your zoom call that should qualify as a, where we were wrong. Cause I should remember this stuff. Yeah. So let's jump into a, where we were right, where we were wrong. Um, okay. So as a, a segment of where we were right, where we were wrong. Uh, the first, where we were wrong is important. We had a fantastic interview last episode with Michael Rydler. Did I pronounce it right? I believe that was the first time his name was pronounced correct on this podcast by someone other than him. Okay, so with Rydler. Um, and then after the episode posted, a very close cousin of mine um, responded to the post with a... He basically cut the message that he had sent me. Um, I just want to get the date on it. It was like the second week of May. And he basically said, um, hey, you should really think about interviewing my good friend, Michael Reidler. He's got an awesome program called Colon Arim, and he went to Harvard Business School, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot that you pushed me to interview him. Um, I didn't forget. So you... But you didn't exactly remember. When you, when, time out. When it was brought up that we should interview him, I was like, someone else mentioned this. Here we go. It was May 21st. You should have Michael Ryder on your podcast. His friend of mine works at a hedge fund and is director of an Israel summer camp program. 
He's on both sides, for-profit, non-profit, awesome guy, Harvard Business School. Um, and I said, oh, cool, I'll look it up. So I want to apologize to cousin Ben Strulowitz, a.k.a. Benji, or formerly Benji, now uh, Ben Strulowitz. This was, you, you should get some Is he an attorney? He sounds like an attorney. Of, no. You should get some level of credit. Um, then Ben points out a couple other things. Number one. Why in the world did Michael Reidler not notice the fact that, like, my last name is Strulowitz and his very good friend Ben Strulowitz has the same last name? And, like, that never crossed his mind. Did I, he, but I know why. His line was you know why? because he wasn't, I wasn't on the email. No, you know why? Because he's a busy person who runs a nonprofit and works in investment banking and doesn't have time to think about so this. That stuff. might be true. But, like, maybe you're like, well, maybe because he's not such good friends with Ben Strulowitz. Oh, contraire, he was a groomsman at his wedding. We were at the wedding together. We probably had a drink together at some point over, you know, the the weekend. Like, we, I I should have known. I, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry all around. I I really am. Not to mention that Michael Ridler's older brother was in playgroup with me, by the way, because I used to live in Englewood, New Jersey, for the first couple of years of my life. So bizarre thing. It's a small world, and um, it was a great interview. It was it was an honor to have Michael on. And shout out to Ben Strulowitz for uh, coming up with the idea, even if we didn't execute it on his suggestion. And we're always open to more suggestions from listeners about good interview ideas. So. Yeah, and also, I think this segment of where we were wrong and where we were right is also just going to be like a, a sounding board for where people can air other criticisms of us and just tell us their thoughts. So we got, we got another one. It says, technically, if you're not making any money off the podcast, you're all interns. Yes. Right. That's uh, it's true. We made that like cu- a it cuts deep. It. I don't know. True. I I feel like uh, that's true. Another where we were right, where we were wrong. Just a clarification from Michael Ridler himself, actually, and it went like this. Um, da 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 da. Just so you know, so we asked him, you know, what he thinks about how he's a non for profit and not many people are doing what he's doing. That he's in for profit and has a non for profit thing on the side. Um. So he responded saying, I'm going to read his quote. He said, I responded saying there are people doing a lot of amazing things. And then we just moved on. But I really wish I had elaborated. Really, I feel that everyone really has their own struggles. And maybe being at their for-profit work is their full and complete self. Perhaps they have issues that only they can be dealing with. And that, I guess, wouldn't necessarily allow, I'm now adding, that wouldn't necessarily allow them to focus on any sort of not-for-profit hustle. Um, now back to his quote, what I mean is everyone's got their own battles and don't think it's more commendable to do both. In fact, I think that there's really something beautiful to the person who's all in each and just keeps socializing in one thing. So I guess the question was built on a premise that it's so cool and admirable that he does both. It is admirable that he does both, but he didn't mean to take away from anyone that is not able to do both in some sort of capacity. So it's just, it just further, uh, increases my my opinion or, you know, adds value to my opinion of Michael Ridler. He's a stand-up guy. But I'm sure you, once again, I'm sure you would agree that if you can't give with your time, you can give with your money though. Oh, absolutely. Should I ask him that? No, He's I not going to respond in time, but let's I, just assume. I think he yeah. would agree to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, also another uh, thing that a listener brought up. So he said that he has a problem with our podcast as follows. I talk too fast for him to listen on one and a half speed and already talks too slow to listen on one speed. Is that true? Someone said that? Yeah, someone said that. I don't talk slow. You, I, no, I, you don't. It's like a presentation. You're like, ugh. What was that? 
I don't know. You said it. <laughs> I don't know what that was. You okay over there, bud? Now you're now you're just Are you okay? Are you feeling okay? I'm kinda tired. Yeah, we're all tired. All right. Uh that's a where we were right, where we were wrong. And obviously if there's anything that you object to, um, or you just want to say, Hey, you were spot on with that, so feel free to uh to let us know and we'll uh maybe give you a shout out. Guess what? I'm way too tired to continue recording this podcast, so Homies looking out for me, they the ones who family I've been on that melody, it's obvious this is do me and you can do you But I'm good.